Welcome everybody, it is your boy Gary Dink Days coming at you for another episode here on Dink Days. Now as many of you know, I am a photographer and I do various types of photography, but you guys also know that I travel. So I would classify myself as a travel photographer who is uh, talented in other areas as well. So I'd like to do uh, a little bit of some tips for you guys uh, as you know, we go along and uh, really, um, you know, share with you, you know, some of the things that I do in my photography or, you know, to share, um, you know, in these experiences with you and some of the tips and tricks that I, that I do to help just overall get what, what I'm trying to achieve, um, a lot faster and a lot quicker. And, you know, it, it's, if some of my tips and tricks can help save some of you guys some time, you know, uh, out there, then, um, that's, you know, I'll be happy to, to know that I've, that I've helped somebody else out. So, um, the first thing is, uh, this one is, you know, wake up early and stay out late as a travel photographer. Okay. So, um, you know, the, you know, the old saying, the early bird gets the word. And I'm sure you've heard that phrase. Well, it's, it's also very true for travel photography. Light is the most important ingredient in great photography and soft, warm morning light creates amazing images. So waking up early also means that you'll have to, you'll have to deal with fewer tourists and other photographers. Um, you know, you want to get that epic postcard shot of those famous landmarks, you know, or. You know, the, 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 normally the, the heavy touristy spots. Well, early in the morning, there's not a lot of people are going to get there. So just get there early, right, you know, right when it opens or right as the, when, you know, the sun's only been up for a short time. And you pretty much have the place to yourself. Um, sunrise isn't the only time to catch good light, though. Sunsets are also great. So, you know, uh, the hour after sunrise, in the hour before sunset are nicknamed in the photography world as the golden hours because of their soft, warm tones, you know, and they're, they have very eye pleasing shadows, you know? Um, and then there's blue hour, which is just after sunset or just before sunrise. But I'm just saying, you know, in comparison, you know, shooting the photos at noon, a bright sunny day is probably the absolute worst time for travel photography. Um, just, you know, because you get all that harsh light and everything like that. So really it's, it's, it's getting there early or staying there late through those golden hour times to, to really get some of those best shots when, when you, you, you are traveling, um, you know, for, for your photography. Um, tip number two that I would say would be uh, pre-trip location scouting. You know, now with with Google Maps and Google searches and things like that, you can kind of check out the areas that you want to be shooting or the um, the Instagram photos that you really want to capture. You know, um, before you ever even get there, and you can kind of decide, you know, by looking at what other people have. You know, you want you want to shoot it differently, but you can take a look at what they've done and be like, okay, well, I want to go maybe 
try from that angle or kind of have a shot schedule or a shot idea broke down already in your head of, of, of what you want to do. And I think that's um, really, really uh, a good way to make the best use of your time when you're on location, when you, when you are traveling, um, you know, um, and then of course, this one is a, is a huge one for me. Ask for permission from locals, you know, um, photographing local people in a foreign country is tough for many photographers, especially if they don't understand you, you know, or you know, things like that. You're worried about people are going to get offended. But honestly, if you just talk to people and be like, Hey, can, can I take a photo of you? You know, a lot of people are like, yeah, sure. You know, they're completely cool with that. But, ask permission and you're going to get a lot more warm and welcoming uh, than if you just, you know, start snapping photos of people and they might get a little upset about that. So just, it's always, it's always good to, to do that, you know, and then number four for you guys, I'm going to get to right after this brief commercial break. We'll be right back. And we are back after that short commercial break. Thank you guys very much for sticking with us. And we are back. This is Getting Dink Days. Now, we left you the beginning of number four. I didn't tell you guys what it was yet. But I think this is a very important part to travel photography, photography, and life in general. Um, and that's never stop learning. You know, um, enroll in some online photography classes. Invest in a travel photography workshop, go on photography safaris, um, different travel photography groups where you can meet with other photographers, talk with other photographers, uh, you know, exchange ideas, learn what they're doing. Um, you know, not, not because, you know, you want the latest gear or they use the most popular Instagram filter, but you know, you, you can, there's always something new that you can learn to make make those photos pop and stand out just a little bit more and a little bit better. And when you are working with other creatives and you're sharing your ideas and your techniques and they're sharing yours, it's just it's just a room full of growth, and it's it's a, it's a really amazing thing that can happen um, by doing that. So always be willing to continue to learn. You know, I, I, the masters, you know, there's, there's a saying that says the masters normally have the apprentice mindset where you get to the point where they realize, you know, I know a lot of things about it, but I don't know everything. And I want to sponge up as much as I can. And that's how an apprentice should be, you know. So then everybody who gets into something should be like that. So just never stop learning always be willing to learn and take critique as as learning you know, you know there's some people that are just assholes you know and really spoke about certain things but take critique when people are trying to honestly give it to you as a learning lesson you know um and, you know that's i know that's one of the hard, hardest things that was for me you know i like, i don't like i don't like people critiquing me <laughs> but you learn from it and you can become better that way, you know, and that's one of the things. So uh, now another one is the rule of thirds. If you don't know what that is, you definitely want to 
once again, continue to learn because the rule of thirds in photography is one of the most basic and classic of the photography tips. And understanding the rule of thirds will help you create a more balanced composition in your images, okay? Um, breaking an image down into thirds horizontally and vertically so it splits into two different sections. And by doing that, the goal is to place the important parts of the photo into these sections to help frame the overall image in a way that's pleasing to the eye. You know, for example, placing a person along the left grid line rather than directly in the center, or keeping your horizon on the bottom third rather than splitting it, you know, in half the image. You know, it's, it's, it's remembering to keep that horizon straight too, but composing using the rule of thirds is easily done by, by turning the camera's grid feature on, uh, which displays, you know, Roll thirds grid directly on the LCD screen specifically for this purpose, but it's it's you know it's a really a great great tool and great great way to start working on you you know unique composition shots as well. Um, for number six, this is a, a very good um, good one you know and it's it, especially if you're not going to be holding the camera the whole time you want to try a tripod is pick a lightweight travel tripod don't get those big bulky heavy ones that you're trying to scale rocks and go hiking and go into the forest and stuff like that get you one that breaks down really nice and small and tiny they can easily you know collapse it back out and 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 you know make sure it's a it's it's not a hefty a weight on you you know it's it's, it's light enough to you can easily rock in and rock it out wherever you're going along with your camera gear. You know, um, it's just, it's, it's, it's really great to have. And, uh, I overall highly, highly recommend it. Um, and then, you know, another one is make travel photography a priority to you. Um, if, if this is something you really want to do, go on, you know, you don't have to go on like around the world. You know, you don't have to go to another continent to start doing travel photography. Go on a quick little vacation getaway that's like, you know, four or five hours away from where you live and, and, and do some photography there. Share, start vlogging or blogging about it. Like, you know, sharing your photos online, things like that. that. And, you know, take those quick, you know, little snapshots and, you know, you just make it, make it a priority for you and, 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 and that's one of the big things you know to do and then number nine in travel photography don't underestimate the human element you know people like to live vicariously through human subjects and photos especially if the viewer can pretend the person in the photo is them it adds more emotion to an image so if, if you're feeling like you're experiencing the location yourself through someone they're more wanting to be engaged with those photos and will want to come back and see more of your photography as well. So you always want to look at ways to accomplish this by, you know, posting uh, the subject in such a way, you know, positioning the subject in such a way that they can become anonymous or, you know, not showing the subject's face, you know, is a, a, a very good one. Um, you know, the human element also gives a better sense of scale by placing your subject in the distance so you can see the grand scale of mountains or, or the landscape around them, you know, uh, adding that human element to photos, it just helps tell a story 
overall. Um, and then and this is, I'm going to leave you on this one. And this was patience is everything. Um, photography really is about seeing what's in front of you. But in a way for us creative artists to, who take those images and create art with them, it's not just seeing what's in front of them, but seeing what it can be. And not just with your eyes, but with your heart and your mind. And it requires dedication, time, and attention. You know, you're not going to become the next Peter McKinnon or Chris Howe or Casey Neistat overnight. You know, it's going to take time. It's going to take dedication to your craft. It's going to take passion, you know, and patience. Patience is key part in all of that. Whether you are in a blind doing wilderness photography, wildlife photography, and you're waiting and you've been there for 12 hours to get the right shot, or you're building a portfolio up and it's taking you a couple of years to get to the point of finally being able to work in the fashion industry and in fashion photography, nothing worth doing comes easy. And that's one of the things that you got to remember. And with that, I'm going to end this tonight and say, I love each and every one of you guys. Thank all of you guys for listening to me and hanging out with me. You all mean the world to me. And I hope you all have the dankest days. Good night. What's up, everybody? It's your boy, Gary Dank Days. I'm here coming at you for another sick episode here with me, Dank Days. Um, today, I want to talk to you guys a little bit about cryptocurrency, if that's okay. Uh, I know, you know, it's a lot of, it's been in the news for several years now, and a lot of people are still unaware of it fully or <clears throat> think it's a scam or whatever. But, you know, uh, the thing is, a lot of people are making a living with, with crypto now. And there's people that are making millions. And, yeah, there's those eccentric numbers that are out there. But there are people who are actually... Uh, like making money on a regular basis as like a full-time job um, with with cryptocurrency and it's I think it's absolutely amazing um, so uh, yeah um, I am a, a little herbally inebriated, my friends. So if you'll excuse me, I am pulling some stuff up for us to talk better on this. Um, uh, well, for one, if those of you that do uh, use crypto or getting into crypto, um, you know, there's, it's always good to do your research find out what is a good wallet for you. 
And then after you have your wallet of what cryptos you want to buy or whatever, if you know some, there's multi-wallets, some are just wallets for one particular type of cryptocurrency. That's why I say do your research. Some are stackable wallets, which allows you to make and earn interest off of coins just by holding them. Um, you know, that's... That's, that's another huge thing for people now. Like, right now, I'm just Google searching real quick. Uh, stackable crypto wallets, and it's just, you know, the list just goes on and on and on. Um, you know, and that's, that's a good thing, because you want... You want variety, and you want a market that has variety, so it doesn't, you know, one person doesn't, you know, rise to the top, and then they control everything, and that's, you know, would kind of ruin the point of cryptocurrency, in a way, <laughs> for being decentralized, you know, um, and it's just a really unique uh, experience, I think, to be able to... Uh, you know, hold just you know get crypto either by mining or purchasing, and then you know um, yeah. <clears throat> then being able to stake those same coins. So that's that's to me that's pretty that's pretty amazing. Um, do I mine currently? Yes, I am. Uh, small amounts. I don't have massive farm or anything like that. But you know, small amounts. Um, I mean, do I wish I could be mining a lot more? Fuck yeah! But I'm okay with what I can do for now. Also, if anybody wants to donate <laughs> to the cause, um, please feel free. My uh, Venmo is Gary Dink Days, and so is my Cash App. So, um, yeah, um, and I will invest in what you put in the in the memo what you want me to invest in, and uh, then I will talk about it on another uh, podcast in the future. So. Um, what I currently do is I'm, I'm, I'm mining Bitcoin. I'm also mining some X, uh, XMR. Um, and then I am going to... I'm also staking um, some other cryptocurrencies as well. So... Let's see. One that I've been looking at for a little bit is uh, there's this platform and it's a cryptocurrency exchange company is what they call themselves. So it's OKCoin. OK, OK and then coin. Um, and on there, I put a network to open. 
So, on OKCoin, you can stake um, different types of cryptocurrency on there. And one of the uh, ones I am interested in currently is this Miami coin. And you can stake it for 290%. It's, it's really fucking sweet. And then also, if you're new, uh, you should check out Pancake um, coin as well. Um, those are my recommendations, but you know, I'm not a financial advisor or anything like that. So, you know, please do your research. These are just what I'm, what I do for myself, recommending for myself and want to do for myself. So, um, well, you know, that's, that's just me. So, yeah. I hope uh, each and every one of you guys have a day, days out there. And I'm going to call this episode for now, my friends. So I love each and every one of you.